Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerville, a church situated in the northern suburbs of Cape Town. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that it will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Good stuff. Then on to the message. Uh, we've got something special planned for you guys this morning. Um, and I'm excited and expectant for the opportunity this morning. We're going to have a, a tag team by Sanzel, Norman, and Ben. They're going to be sharing on our ministry's uh, three pillars this morning. And what our ministry's three pillars is, is basically um, it's community, discipleship, and evangelism. And I say it's our ministry's three pillars, but it's very much Jesus' three pillars. Um, throughout the Gospels, we see these three things in effect. This is God's desire for community, for family. It's God's desire to be discipled, to grow in the Word, not just to be a believer and go to heaven one day, but to grow in the Word. And then ultimately for us, as we grow in receiving, overflowing and reaching the lost around us. So these three pillars are vitally important. This is what our, our ministry is building upon. These are the three pillars that we're continually challenging ourselves in because what is, a, what is a tripod with only two legs? A fallen tripod. Um, so, uh, man, the, 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 the church is, is lopsided and it's uh, unequally yoked in a sense because of emphasis or overemphasis on some of those things or a complete lack in some of those things. So these are really three pillars that we believe the strength of the, 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 the church is going to be built upon. So we're going to share on that this morning. So they're going to tag team this morning. Sanzal both, uh, or Sanzal and Ben are uh, graduating, soon to be graduate from our Grace Life Ministry School. Um, they still need to jump through a few hoops for that. And then uh, Norman on the other side has already graduated. I still need to chat to Ben and Surika. They probably know what I need to chat to them about. Um, and then uh, Norman has already graduated from Grace Life Ministry School. And uh, he's uh, going to share an awesome uh, piece of word with us as well. So you guys can open up your hearts. They also, if you don't know already, Sanzal, Norman, and Ben, um, they're faithful uh, to this ministry. They're leading, they're shepherding faithfully. If you guys know them, then you know that I'm not lying right now. Um, they really have a heart for people. So uh, them standing up front, it's not just for them to share uh, a gift that they have to teach, but uh, they're also standing up front here to, to teach from a heart of shepherding, right? I don't want anyone standing up front here who just wants to teach, but they don't have a heart for people. They don't want to shepherd. Uh, you're not going to get that opportunity if that is you. But if you have a heart for people and you want to serve people and you want to be the least, then by all means, you can come and share your gift with us. Um, so uh, without further ado, let's give a hand to Sanzal. Okay. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry for those of you who saw me on Sunday, so you're going to have to uh, bear with me and listen to me again, speaking to you again. But um, so I'm obviously sharing on discipleship, as Etienne mentioned, one of our pillars. And um, I'm just going to jump into it by asking a question. When you think of discipleship or a disciple, what comes to mind? Perhaps you are thinking about uh, the 12 disciples with Jesus, or perhaps you are thinking about the irrelevance of the 12 disciples, because we live in a modern world and Jesus is not walking this earth with us anymore. So, in flesh, obviously. So, we might feel that it's not relevant anymore, because that's the way that I saw it, and that's the way that I felt about it, um, coming from a more legalistic background. So, um, on that note, you know, just for me, um, discipleship flows out of community and evangelism in that it literally 
is that part where you can dig deeper into what God has for you and um, just be in fellowship in his word and just get more revelation and that renewal of your mind that he's talking about in the word. So yeah, for me, being part of Grace Life and being part of community, that is what discipleship has become for me because I've seen what it's like to have discipleship in my life and I've seen the, um, the fruit that it bears that it's able, it enables me to be a fruitful follower of Jesus Christ, showing other people what the truth is. So that's just something that, um, that I wanted to share with you, and I hope that it blesses you as well, and that the following things are going to bless you too. So, um, yeah, just getting back to the question of what is a disciple and what is discipleship. So for the first scripture, I just want us to look at John 15 verse 8 from the New King James Version. So it basically says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So a disciple, in terms of John, is a person who bears much fruit. So we bear much fruit when we spend time with Jesus, when we fellowship with him, and that comes from an outflow, an outpouring of what he's already put inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And discipleship is, for me, a mutual relationship. Firstly, obviously, a relationship with Jesus. We have this relationship with Jesus, and we have a submitted relationship to him and a submitted relationship to our leader in church, community. And then we can also have a submitted relationship towards someone else, someone who's maybe discipling us or who we are discipling. And that's also a valid and a very crucial part of discipling. So one of the pictures that Bartu always shows with regards to discipling is, is this picture of there are three people in this picture. <laughs> so the one is pushing up and the top one is pulling up. And so everyone is moving towards an upward position, like you're all moving towards Jesus. So the more we are submitting and the more we are being changed and transformed in the word, the more obviously we can move upwards and in line with God. Anyways, so then on the following scripture, I just want to share from John 8, verse 31 to 32 from the New King James Version, which says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So abiding, if you think about abiding, abiding is a form of submission, right? You are accepting what Jesus is saying in his word towards you and towards everyone else around you. So that means being submissive to the word, irrespective of whether you want to feel submissive or whether you don't want to feel submissive. And it's the same, <laughs> and it's exactly the same thing with your relationship firstly with Jesus and it's my relationship with Jesus, even with leadership. It's been tough at times where, and challenging where Etienne maybe says a word or he gives a word and it's a challenging word and I'm like, mm, that does not work well with my flesh. But the point is it's not about what my flesh likes or what's comfy for my flesh. And it's the same thing with the word of God. The more we dig into it, there are going to be challenging truths that are going to make us feel uncomfortable, but we need to grow through those things because if we are not challenged by anything, we will never grow. So you need to want 
to be challenged in this life to grow into more of what Jesus has for you and be more fruitful. And then ultimately for me as well, in terms of having discipleship relationships with other people, so there's always been opportunities for me to take offense in things and not, you know, enjoy that fellowship or grow into whatever God has for me. But the point is, is that I want to grow and I want to learn and I want to be more of what Jesus has called me to be on this earth and not just obviously for myself, but for everyone else who is called to his kingdom. Anyway, so on that note, um, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. I think it's important for us to ask ourselves, are we being divisive when we ask a question? Or are we asking a question because we really want to grow? Because in leadership, you know, Etienne standing up here, he's giving his all. Like he's pouring out what Jesus has put inside of him. Even for me, even for everyone else coming up here, it's not always easy. But we do it because we are submitted to Jesus. And we are submitted to what he wants for us and our fellow believers. And then... um, uh, this, I read this article about this guy who was saying how when they were kids they used to play Simon Says. So has anyone here ever played Simon Says? Awesome. Okay. So at least some of you have been submitted to Simon in your life, right? <laughs> so obviously just in context, Simon Says is that, um, that game that you play where someone says, Simon Says, um, stand on one leg and put your hand on your head something like that, okay? And obviously the other person follows the instruction. So when Jesus calls us to do something, perhaps we meditate on it, maybe we memorize it, or maybe we even pray over it, but are we actually following through with the instructions that he's given us? So then I want to just read from Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, which is Jesus' great commission to us. And it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." And so, obviously, Jesus, with all the authority on this earth, after his resurrection, said, disciples, go out and make disciples of all nations. And um, he didn't tell them to go sit on the couch, you know, chill a little bit, think about everything I've taught you, like, you know, just build yourself up. It will obviously bless you. It will bless us all to just meditate on the Word of God. But the point is, he wants us to share that with the world. He wants us to know that there are people out there who are struggling to understand some concepts. Like, they are not always things that we know um, in our hearts when we are saved. So, that is obviously super important in terms of discipleship. Like, if Etienne shares something in terms of leadership, like, your leadership is looking out for you. If you have a question, go ask the question. Like, meditate on it with that pastor or the leader in your life group or whatever the case may be. So in verse 20, it says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. So what has Jesus commanded us in terms of this verse? 
he says we should love God as we love ourselves and or above all else and obviously love everyone else the same way. And this is a discipleship relationship. It's crucial who we spend time around because ultimately that will help us to renew our minds to the truth in God. So in Romans 12, verse 2 from the New King James Version, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And ultimately, the more time we spend with Jesus, and the more time we meditate on the Word, the more we are able to renew our mind and live in freedom. Okay. So in conclusion, I would like to ask you these questions. Who or even what are you submitted to in this life? Or, or, you know, when Etienne is sharing a word or when you hear a challenging word in the scriptures or you find a challenging word, what are you doing with that word? Are you allowing the word to change your heart and your mind, renewing you to the truth that he's put inside of you? Or are you just running away and not even adhering to it in any way? And then obviously, ultimately, is your life being fruit which obviously makes you a disciple of Jesus. Um, and bearing fruit is you stepping out and being there for others, discipling others, being in a, a leadership um, position, being challenged by someone else to be a better version of you for Jesus, obviously. And then I just want to challenge you with a practical note, like let's play Jesus says in our lives. When he gives us instructions to be disciples, to go and make disciples of all nations, let's do that. Let's submit to Jesus and what he calls us to do and ultimately submit to the vision of our leadership because it's not just for our benefit, it's for everyone else's benefit. So yeah, may that um, bless you and may you all go out and renew your minds to this truth. Awesome. I'm going to give it over to you, Normie. Thanks, Anzal. I thought I was going to get more than that. Um, just quickly on what Sanzal said, I just like the whole discipleship thing. And even if, if uh, being in a church um, where there is a lot of ex- disciples in here, it's so good to... Obviously, the Bible doesn't always tell you about some of the practical things. It gives you a big and huge guide, but there's just some practical things that it doesn't share. I mean, when I did ministry school, and Etienne actually just reminded me that I graduated. I'm not sure if I got my certificate, but I graduated. Um, yeah, it kind of just reminded me of some of the practical things. Like, for instance, Etienne said, um, never evangelize with a cap on. It's disrespectful. So if you guys know me, I normally have shorts and a cap on. <laughs> Hence, I had to look for jeans this morning. Um, and uh, I just wish Etienne mentioned something about if you evangelize and you're nervous about talking in front of people, don't wear a, a light-skinned shirt. So, <laughs> not very practical. <laughs> So on that note, for you guys who don't know me, my name is Norman. I'm literally the biggest Christian in church. <laughs> literally. I actually, uh, the funniest thing is uh, while we were worshipping, I saw Rudolf just stepping like this to, just to see the screen. <laughs> so I'm sorry about it. Oh, that's why I always sit in the back. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I thought of, um, not thought of, I thought I was t- uh, teaching on discipleship, but then um, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm here to talk a little bit about evangelism, and um, to me, 
I also want to make a statement just to say that evangelism is life. It's, it's living. It's what we do on a daily basis. And I'm going to use a few practical uh, pieces out of the Bible to, just to, to prove my point. And we all know that evangelism is basically spreading the, the message of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's part of our lives. And um, just to also add to that, Etienne normally says we shouldn't use um, humor in evangelism. So today I'm comparing uh, evangelism to ESCOM. <laughs> maybe, there'll, maybe there'll be a light that goes on for someone. I'm just kidding. So just like ESCOM, you don't need to be good at your job. Just to, you just need to be willing. Um, luckily, you don't have to be good at public speaking like me or memorizing, memorization techniques to be able to share the hope we have in Christ. And if I quickly just go to a scripture that I really like as well, uh, in Mark 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and, not to, give his life as, uh, and to give his life as ransom to many. So we see this all throughout Jesus' life. He did exactly this. He served. He used his life to show people how they could be part of something really, really good and really big. Um, and just to be honest, I actually asked a lot of people before church, how do you pronounce Zacchaeus in English? I have no idea. Zacchaeus. Uh, I just went to Zach. <laughs> so we, look, we see in Luke actually... Um, a story where Zacchaeus, uh, who's a tax collector, um, and the Bible actually specifically says that he was short in stature, which I actually think is very relevant, was literally um, um, was sitting in a tree, and Jesus called him down and said to him, tonight I'm going to stay at your house. Um, I think he pro he, he's probably someone being short in stature that they mentioned there, and being a tax collector, he wasn't the most popular guy uh, at that time. So, Somebody like Jesus calling you down, calling you out of the crowds, you would normally unnoticed, um, being called out by this man and uh, being spoken these positive words into your life and just acknowledging him probably meant a whole lot to him. Um, but Jesus did this, did this in a practical way. Uh, he practically showed us how to do evangelism just by acknowledging someone, by noticing them. And um, by talking to them, he revealed his heart to, to someone. He publicly honored someone who was used to being publicly shamed. And if you th think of that, that actually encouraged Zacchaeus, Zach as I call him, to step into a different way of living. So I would say that's mission accomplished. Jesus didn't say, listen, uh, before I can show you a good life, I need to be able to tell you everything about everything out there. He just used something practical like, knowing someone's name, stepping out, making an unnoticed person noticeable. So that's the first, first example that I wanted to use. Um, like I said, mission accomplished. If you look at John 13, verse 35, where Jesus say, By this everyone will know you are my disciples, if you love one another. So I use that verse because I thought it was this, I was talking on discipling, but it's applicable. So yeah, here Jesus takes the time to show compassion. Um, uh, and to show that he really cares about someone else and what they're going through. We see this when a desperate man uh, interrupts Jesus when his daughter passed away in Matthew 9, in verse 18, where he says, While he was saying these things to them, a ruler entered the house and kneeled down and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. 
Jesus got up and began to accompany the ruler with his disciples. So what do we see there? We don't see Jesus being upset, saying, you interrupted my teaching. He got up and he followed the man home. He showed compassion. Um, I actually made a note here this morning when I looked at this. I said, Jesus did not say, I'm sorry to hear that. I'll pray for you. Or he didn't say, I'll share it on my Instagram story. No. He immediately got up and he followed the man. Jesus chose this time to show love. So, yeah, just the compassion that he showed there to me is obviously very relevant to what we are going through every day as well. We also see this when Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead in in John 11. Even when he knew everything was going to work out well, uh, he still took out the time and he wept with Mary and Martha, collectively known as Mary. (laughs) He took the time and he wept with Mary and Martha, knowing what they were going through. He could have just said, like, listen, ladies, I know what's coming. Take a chill pill. Relax. Everything's going to be okay. But he didn't. He took the opportunity to sit, during, sit with them during their pain. And that's also an opportunity for all of us. We know a lot of people going through stuff. And it's just the little things that we take out, uh, out of the day just to show compassion, show love, and to, to have a caring heart. So, end of my story. At the beginning, I made a joke about how you have to be good at your job. You don't have to be good, good at your job to evangelize. The fact is the Holy Spirit inside of you makes you perfectly qualified for the job. Don't be, doubted by, don't be daunted by evangelism. It is the good news. Use the Holy Spirit in you to just reveal what your heart really is. And that is the same heart of Jesus. Like we sang earlier as well, He will never let us down. Um, uh, you, we have a great community going here, and I think Ben is going to talk a little bit more about the community now. And I just want to challenge you guys as well, like, get out there, get to know people's names. Uh, It's little things that count. Reveal your heart, which is Jesus' heart in you. Um, Just also maybe on a personal level for me, uh, Etienne normally talks about the hit list that we've got, Um, purposefully praying into people's lives, getting to know their names. uh, uh, Personally, I got saved next to a rugby field 15 years ago purely because of Char taking the time out of his, of his life to put my name on a hit list. And, uh, I mean, the ripple effect out of that, like I said, I'm the biggest Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just to finish up there, uh, Bertu also mentioned, he said, um, the work that does not just get done on its own. And that is exactly what I explain now with Char. Char took out the time. Jesus did complete everything on his earth. But we need the work to be done by us as well. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I do this for a living, speaking in front of people, but uh, as soon as you step in front of adults, it changed a little bit there. Uh, but uh, yeah, just I wanted to say it's an honor and a privilege. Thank you, Sanzel. Thank you, Norman, for sharing. Um, it's always good to hear what people think, and it's always good to hear what's on people's hearts as well. Um, I want to just invite you guys quickly, you know, just to take a moment and just allow God, like, we are from different walks, we are from different places in our life, but just want to invite you guys just to open your hearts and receive what God is going to give you, right? Your mind, your heart is focused on a certain place, and the Word is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is ministering to you just where you are and what you are focused on. So just take a moment just to calm down. If there's anything happening in your life at this point, we are family. We're going to talk about community a little bit today. But just 
just allow yourself to just receive and reflect maybe on some of the things that everyone has shared upon. Oh, I'm really nervous. <laughs> See, something that Norman doesn't know is like, I'm a teacher, so I have a vest on. <laughs> so, okay, now let's get into it. Um, yeah, I've, I've invested. <laughs> okay, so I've invested in myself, okay? So, just quickly, something that really blessed me about uh, my time and my, my work with God is, uh, especially is community. Um, we choose to receive or not. That's not only from the Word, but that's also from the community ourselves. Again, okay? looking at community, I am a teacher. So when you hear the word community, what is like the first couple of things? And I'm going to ask you guys, maybe if there's one or two that want to share, what is like the first thing that comes to mind if you hear the word community? So as I said, teacher, I like interaction. I'll, 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 uh, I'll pray for you afterwards, Edgen. Anyone else, if you're here? Eating food together, good. People. Anyone else? Community, what does it mean to you? Building relationship. And so that's good. Um, just quickly, looking at the word community. If you look at the word community, it comes from the word Latin, uh, the Latin word uh, communio, which actually means common. Okay, so community means that it's a group of people or group of uh, you know, group of people gathering together with a particular characteristic in common. Okay, so if you think about it, um, where you are in your walk of life, where you are living, where you are working, even where you're going to your groceries, there's a commonality behind it. You are gathering for a purpose. Okay, and so us gathering here today, our common purpose is Jesus. Okay, and the finished work that He has done. Okay, so we are sharing something in common. And so as I said in the beginning, we have different things. We have different stories. We are coming from different walks of life. But we are here gathered today on purpose. And that for me is what community is. It's gathering together for a purpose. Okay? And so we as a church, okay, so we, we are a church community in fellowship as a family. And so the verse that we're going to look at today is in Hebrews 10. So I'm going to give you guys just a second to page over there. We're going to go back and forth quickly. Um, I like to talk, so I'll keep it, try and keep it to 10 minutes, but just allow me. So Hebrews 10, verse 19 to verse 25. So I'll just uh, invite you guys to open there. Hebrews 10, verse 19 to 25. Okay, it reads as follows, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way we ha which he has consecrated for us, through the veil uh, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with the pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of our... Now it stopped over there. I took a picture of this. So uh, anyone want to finish that sentence for me? Amen. All right, and so as you can see over here, like the very first part, what, what binds us together is that that faith that we have, that boldness that we have in Christ. And so as a, as a group of uh, fellows, like believers, what holds us together is that faith in what Jesus has done, that boldness that we can do. And so uh, 
It says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts cleared, okay, of that evil conscience. We are focused on God and what He has done for us. And so therefore, our conscience, our hearts has been sprinkled of that, almost want to say doubt, that thing that is holding you back where you're not good enough. Right? Well, well, maybe only me, but through life we've gone through times where there's insecurities of I'm not good enough. You know, what I have, we can't bring. And so uh, Norman was also sharing evangelism. It doesn't matter. Okay? As a community, we are part of the body, and what we have is important. What you have is important. Okay? And so that brings us to the point where I want to, we're going to quickly just jump to another verse. But you are here today because you are called to be here. Okay? Not only are you here uh, to call, but you're called into this community. In 1 Corinthians uh, 1 verse 9, it explains it like this. God is faithful, through whom you were called into fellowship uh, of His Son, Jesus Christ. Okay, so as a community, you are called to be here. Okay, so I want to read it to you. Like, you are called to be today. Uh, you are called to be here today. You are called to be where you live. You are called to be where you work. You are called to be where you shop. And so uh, you need to know that, and you need to realize that you were called not because you are qualified to, but because Jesus has done it for you. Through whom you were called into fellowship of the Son of Jesus. It's not because of you, it's not because of your talents. Yes, God can use that, but you were called to be here. And I want you guys to quickly look at your friend, look at the person sitting next to you and say to them that you are called. Okay, you are called. Amen. Okay, so in, uh, why, why are we called? You'll see that uh, in here. Yeah, call, call them closer. Okay, call them closer. There we go. All right, and so I want you to just, just to think about that for a second, that God has called you to be here. Okay, the reason we lived abroad for 11 years, and God put it on our hearts that you are called to come back to South Africa. And I was like, God, Why? We have everything that we need, an abundance of finances, and etc., etc. But that point of community was the thing that we were lacking. God says, I have called you back to the country where I've put you. I've made you, you were born in South Africa for a reason. So therefore, I want you guys just to see that for, for a moment, that you were called to be where you are. Okay, and evangelizing, um, discipling, you were called for their specific people, not only for specific people, for, but for your community. Okay, the people that are sitting here next to you, those are the guys that are called not only for to be here, but you were called for each other. As a body, we function, and we function better together than we do as separate. Okay, the, the, we can't walk if there's no legs. Okay, unfortunately for me, for those who know, I have one leg at this point. Okay, but luckily I have you guys, because you were called here to minister to me. Okay, and I will finish off. I do have a lot, but I really feel on my heart that God's saying, just, just keep it over there. Um, no, it's, uh, the one thing that I do want to say is, is like in 1 Peter 3, verse 15, it reads as follows, and it says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And, so, and as a community, as you are going out uh, shopping, where you're working, right, the hope that is in you. That hope that you know that Jesus has done it for you and you no longer have to perform to be there. Okay, that is the hope. But the challenge I have for you guys is like in your community, may it be in church, may it be at your, where you live, 
at your work, where you go shopping, right? For someone to to give a reason, like it says here, um, be ready always to give an answer, okay? To every man that asks you a reason. So my question to you guys is, is your life reflecting the hope that is in you? So where you are going, for someone to be able to ask you, they need to see that there's something different. And we're not about performance, we know that. It's not about what we do and what we do, but your life will be a reflection of what you believe. As a man thinks in his heart, so easy, but that's going to translate into action. We were here for, we, Etienne was speaking about uh, um, compassion. Compassion leads to action. It is love that leads to action. Now, is your life reflecting? There's no condemnation. Please understand this. Please know that it's okay if you make mistakes. That's fine. This is why we're here. This is what Jesus has done for you. But is your life reflecting to the point where someone can come to you and say, listen, yeah, what is your hope? What is that hope? What is that thing that you're holding on to? Because I want one of that. Okay, we read earlier in Hebrews 10 where your life has been with pure water. We know the well where you drink from the well. Okay, that is the well of Jesus. Okay, you can't unfortunately share from an empty cup. You can't share from an empty cup. And so we need to know, as Sanzel also said, like, and it's amazing how God works. We never spoke to each other about this. But within all of these messages, there were a true line that's running through. If you drink from the well, if you keep like, uh, spending time with God, your cup is going to flow. It's going it's to be filled. And we, sh- we, we share from an overflow. Is your life overflowing with the hope that is in you? And therefore, you can give an answer to people when they ask you because your life is overflowing. Okay, and once again, don't feel condemned. If you're not there yet, it's good. And we can say, listen here, let's be changed by the word because you choose to be changed. Let's go back to Jesus. And as I read in the first one, you know, um, you were called to fellowship with Jesus. That's where you start. Your first community is that your relationship with God. With Jesus. Let Him fill you. Let Him overflow. And therefore, then you can share. Thank you. If you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to visit us at one of our gatherings. To find out more, please contact us at info at gracelife.co or visit us at gracelife.co.